Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Upside Swings podcast, the podcast with the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the great Stone Hansen, back after missing one episode of this illustrious series. And we are joined by the next in our series of guests, the great Hoop Goose. Uh, he's here to break down all things Raptors. Hoop, how you doing? Hoop, Goose? Doing- I'll, go, I'll call you Goose. Goose, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm doing great. Man, that's good. Uh, Stone, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to talk Raptors. Uh, we're getting really close to the draft, so it should be fun. Yeah, for sure. Before I jump into this, I want to ask you, how did you come up with Hoop Goose? Because uh, it's it's absolutely genius, and, and I'm very jealous. Uh, I don't really remember too well, but uh, it was something to do with basketball in Canada. So I, I feel like you can tell where that, <laughs> where that came from. Fair. It's... Uh... I'll give that one to you. Yeah, I, uh, I've never actually been to Canada, but I've been like, I'm in Washington, so I've been like right to the border, basically. Hopefully, pandemic dies down a little bit more, I'll get a go. Uh, but we are here to talk about Canada's own, uh, hopeful to be back in Canada for the next season, uh, and that is the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have the fourth pick in this draft, the 46th and 47th pick as well. Um, and they're in an interesting spot in their in their sort of franchise. They just won a championship two years ago. And then Kawhi Leonard decided he liked the warm weather of LA better um, and left. And they, and they were kind of, they kind of did okay in his stead two years ago. And then this last season was really a rough one. Uh, They had to deal with, of course, being away from home and uh, a lot of COVID issues. Um, So they're in an interesting spot. And, and Goose, I wanted to ask you first and foremost, where do you think the Raptors are going next? Do you think they're a team that's going to try and retool and compete for the playoffs again? Do you think they're looking to be championship contenders? Or do you think they're more looking to take a step back and spend a couple of years rebuilding again for the next great Toronto Raptors team? Well, it's it's always hard to tell what the team is thinking because uh, there's not a lot of info out there about how they think. Uh, we don't even know if Masai is signed or not. Like, <laughs> the... Uh, the contract status has been up for a while. Uh, there's no teams left, but they still haven't announced him re-signing. So the direction is pretty unclear with the team right now, which is what makes this draft so interesting because I feel like they have a couple of decisions to make. Yeah, that's and that's sort of like, obviously, Kyle Lowry is the huge decision, right? And, and we're going to see how that goes. Um, but Masai, too, I, I think... You know, as NBA fans, a lot of times we can sort of overlook. Um, I don't want to say the importance, but we can just sort of overlook, like like front offices in general and and who they are. And Masai Ujiri is just still one of the best. I mean, that Kawhi Leonard trade is is probably an all time great trade, uh, even though he left after one year. Banner or not, uh, that was an all time great move uh, to get a superstar like that without having to give up draft capital, um, and, and they gave up There's, one pick. Yeah, yeah. They gave up. Uh, who did that become? Who did? Keldon. Uh, Keldon Johnson. Oh, that's right. Keldon. Yeah. I mean, that might sound rough, but when you think about it in terms of that's the 27th, it was, or the 29th overall pick, you know, yeah. it, it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, so they're, so they're sort of at a spot, and they're one of the teams I'm most fascinated to see what they do this offseason. Um, and, and, and part of that is 
this fourth pick. Um, so there's been two names sort of tossed around here. Uh, the one mainly linked is Jalen Suggs, uh, and we're going to talk really deeply about him. And then I also want to talk a little bit about Scotty Barnes because he's also a name that's been thrown around uh, linked directly to the Raptors. So, Goose, what do you think of Jalen Suggs, and how do you feel like he will change the Raptors' fortunes? Well, I really like Jalen Suggs, so I'm not with Bryce on this. But, yeah, I think, I think he's a really good prospect. Uh, he's not going to be like he's not going to be the next like star ball handler maybe, but I think you can expect him to start out really solid. Uh, I think in terms of being NBA ready, I think the only one more ready than him is probably Cade right now. And the other thing, the other is, thing is, I think I think his upside is a little underrated at the moment because. Uh, we can talk about this like deeper because I know you're not there, but uh, I don't know. I think he's a, I think he's a better prospect. Uh, I don't know if you want to go into rankings, but he might be one of the five best prospects in the last three drafts. Ooh, that's interesting. I definitely want to dive into that, but um, first I want to throw it to stone and ask just in general, it's been a long time since we've talked about Jalen Suggs stone. Uh, so, so, how how are you feeling about Suggs uh, as this as this draft season sort of winds down? Uh, probably just as good as I did when we first talked about him a few months ago. Um, I think he's um, a difference maker defensively at the guard position. Um, I think he's one of the better guard defenders in this class. Actually, um, <clears throat> he's he might not be your uh, like like Goose was saying. Probably not your like ball handler for a lot of the time at least not right away I think there's room for that to develop and grow um he's a good enough shooter I think or he'll project out to be a good enough shooter um I think he's he puts more rim pressure than a lot of the other guards in this class uh super athletic um and he should fit alongside like Malachi Flynn really well who uh they also really like or where they should really like um and yeah, I think he's he's gonna be somebody who they can build around for a long time because he he just seems to be like really solid in a lot of areas. Um, he might not be you know have the star equity of say a um, a Jalen Green or even the way we see it as a Kai Jones, uh, but I think his um, low end outcomes are still really really good. So that's why I have him as the fourth overall pick. And. I think we actually do agree somewhat in, in prospect evaluation, except maybe I don't see the high end the way you guys do. I do agree that, um, you know, nine, 90% of his outcomes are, are, are somewhat positive NBA player. Um, he's going to be a good defender though. I think he can sometimes get a little overrated on that end. I, I like he, he makes smart plays off the ball. He's built and he moves well. Like that's, he's going to be a good guard defender. Um, he, he makes smart passes specifically in the full court, uh, in, in transition, he's a really good passer. Um, and I actually do by the shot. I think some people think of that more as a swing skill, but to me, I think that's something he's going to be able to do pretty well. And how like the level he can get to as a shooter will really affect what type of upside he has, because I think if he ever wants to be a positive pick and roll player, he has to be uh, a pretty, either elite or like sub elite pull up three point shooter. 
Um, but for me, the issues with Jalen Suggs come in the upside. Um, Goose, you mentioned that you see potential like really high end outcomes. So what do you see those as? And, and, and how do you think Jalen Suggs can unlock them? Well, I think I'm, I think I'm higher on his pick and roll game than you are because you said he needs to be an elite uh, pull-up shooter for that to be positive, but I think he has enough burst and just like general feel to where he doesn't need to be that elite pull-up shooter. But if you want to go into the pull-up shooting, I think I'm actually pretty, I'd say I'm fairly high on it. Like, I think that could be a real like positive skill for him eventually. Especially yeah. uh, from deeper, right? Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the biggest thing with his, with his, um, his, his pull-up equity is that I think he's going to have some range on it. And it's the same, it's the same thing I point to with David Johnson, uh, who, who's not near as good as Jalen Suggs, but um, is a similar prospect later down in the class. And that's that um, he, they're so strong and they generate so much power from their legs that that helps add range. Um, even if it's not the most fluid shot, it, it doesn't need to be because they're so strong. Um, what I like about Jalen Suggs shot is that it's, it's fairly consistent. Like it's like the mechanics aren't picturesque, right? I don't think you'd point to them and like teach that to kids in, or anything, but you don't have to be, he, it looks the same every time he he can somewhat comfortably pull up right now. He prefers to be going right and, and kind of pick up with his right hand so he can kind of sling it across his body a little bit. Uh, similar, not like a full-on Kevin Durant who does like a, you know, does like that full lift up, but similar to like he likes to be going right so as he's moving back into the shot, um, that momentum carries easier from his right hand. But I, I, I think the pull-up equity might be okay. I think where some of our differences come with seeing him as a potential pick and roll players that I don't think the burst is all is like elite elite. And if he, if you have sub elite burst, I think it's hard to be a really good pick and roll player with his handle. Um, he's, he really struggles with double teams. He's not a manipulative ball handler. I, I really worry that he's never going to be able to generate enough rim pressure to offset a, a, uh, those handle issues with his burst is, is how I feel. And, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be bending a defense the way you really want your your high-end, like, high-usage pick-and-roll players to. I think uh, that's probably the biggest disconnect here because I'm pretty high on his higher-end outcomes as a, as a burst guy. I think he's um, – I mean, he already has, like, the athleticism in the open court that we've seen, but, like, in, in the half-court setting, I think he's – like maybe not quite a Davion Mitchell type burst, but not far off in terms of high end outcomes. He's still relatively young. Um, he's got a big frame. Like there's a lot to like about his burst and athleticism and he's super strong too. So being able to um, kind of, you know, force advantage creations through that, um, I think could be uh, like, let me ask you this real quick. How would you compare Jaden Springer to Jalen Suggs um, in terms of burst? I would say they're somewhat similar. Um, uh, Suggs is probably a little burstier, but off one foot, neither are like elite athletes. And, and burst is generally sort of a one foot thing, right? Like uh, I, I think Suggs is a little burstier going right than left. Um, 
but he's not like I feel like he's never really leaving guys in the dust, right? And that's like against college defenders. And and you know, despite like like most of these prospects had to face like the best defenders other teams could throw at him, like Suggs didn't always because like sometimes they would want to put those guys on Andrew Nemhard or Corey Kisper or whoever. Like he sometimes had somewhat favorable matchups. And I still feel like he was never like just getting like two steps by a guy and getting right to the rim unless it unless he was attacking a closeout. I think he'll attack closeouts really well. I just don't think he's going to beat a set defense in a straight up pick and roll or isolation enough that you want that to be like a huge factor in his offense. Uh, that's just how I see it. And, you know, he could absolutely prove me wrong. And if there's a coach that could get him to prove me wrong, it's Nick nurse. It's just that that's how I feel from him from an outside perspective. Like I, I don't think he's so bursty that he generates the rim pressure um, to, to negate the fact that like, he doesn't have a great handle. And I also think, I also think he's not like, he's not a great passer and pick and roll like he's a very good passer in general but i don't feel like he's a great pick and roll passer he kind of makes his decisions and then kind of moves you know what i mean it's like if he's gonna pass lots of times it's against a somewhat tilted defense already like like in a transition situation or if he catches it on a kick out like he's really good at those types of passes but when he like wants to get to the rim he kind of puts his head down and and really locks in on that I, I feel like he misses some skip passes he 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 sometimes kind of misses the role man and some of that might have been you know drew timmy is far from like an elite lob threat right but i just think i i just don't know like i just don't see the pick and roll equity there and for me to take a guard top five like i really want there to be a lot of pick and roll equity um but i but i understand i'm in the minority there and goose if you have any if you have any rebuttals like happily jump in uh, I think the uh, the decision making thing you brought up is pretty interesting because I feel like that's there. Like what you're talking about is like the predetermined stuff, right? Where you feel like uh, he misses something because uh, he didn't see it when his action started. So by the time he gets there, he didn't see if it changes. But I feel like that's not a consistent thing with him. Like sometimes he's just going to be like, oh, I'm getting to the rim this possession and that's it. And he's going to do that. But other times he will see the, 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 whatever the play is, either the roller or like there's an open shooter somewhere and then he'll adjust. So I, I don't know if that's like a consistent thing with him, but I can see why you would be on the low end because he does do that sometimes where he just puts his head down as I am getting to the rim and then he'll end up getting blocked or uh, putting up like a really bad shot or whatever. Yeah, I think. I and I you know and like little decision making things like that generally don't bother me if you're showing like you know PD does does this thing and I and I hate to quote him because he's so ubiquitous on draft Twitter but he you know he talks about like in his guard heuristic like show me the easy like I feel like Jalen Suggs doesn't have a lot of that in the half court and to me if if that's the case it, it's hard for me to buy him as like a primary on-ball creator um but you know I love I love his fit with Malachi Flynn so like there's that I was this will sound crazy, but, and, and this will be a good transition into Goose. You were saying like he might be the best pro, uh, top five prospect in the past uh, two or three drafts. Um, I actually like Malachi Flynn, like as a prospect straight up more than I like Jalen Suggs this year. I had Malachi Flynn um, seven last year. Um, and I have Jalen Suggs 11 this year. And this is generally a stronger draft, but um 
if I were to grade them out, it would be very, very close. But I think I would have had Malachi Flynn ahead of Jalen Suggs. I I was not a Malachi Flynn fan at all. Like I had him deep into the second. That's great. Yeah. I was like right in the middle. I had him, I think, exactly at 20, which oh wow being too low. Um, I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit, like like last year, I wasn't near as deep into the weeds as I am this year. Obviously, I wasn't doing the podcast and I wasn't writing. And and I had some bias that I think let I like might maybe get to me because Malachi Flynn did go to WSU for a couple of years. And like, like I remember watching him live and I've talked to Malachi Flynn before. And like, so like I, I might have had some bias there, but I did really like Malachi. Flynn. And I think Malachi Flynn has more upside as like a high usage shot creator than Jalen Suggs. As crazy as that might sound to people from the outside. That, like That's a hot take. Like, I just think that Malachi Flynn is so good at running a pick and roll. And that is the most important thing a guard can be good at, in my opinion. Like, you can be the greatest defensive guard ever. If you can't run a pick and roll, like, you are just absolutely marginalized. You take such a specific context to, to really succeed. I mean, like, Patrick Beverly is one of the better guard defenders uh, you know, of the last decade at the very least. And if it like, like he succeeded, he's found his role, but imagine if he wasn't on like a team like the Clippers or like, like that's the type of player that, that you need other players to shot create. And it's sometimes hard to find that outside of the guard position. And and if that's what Jalen Suggs is like that, he'll be a great player. Cause he's also like a much better passer than, than Patrick Beverly. And I don't like comparisons, but like, like I just think Jalen Suggs, his his paths to success are slightly more narrow than than guys I like to bet on this high. Um, but I, I like I said, I understand I'm completely the minority. And uh, Goose, you mentioned that he would be top five. Was it the past two or the last three drafts? You said he would be top five. Uh, the past three. Yeah. Okay. So, so can I can I hear your top five from the past three drafts? Yeah, sure. So I'll go with. Uh, Zion, uh, then I'll take Cade, Mobley, and then now you have either Suggs, Green, or Ant, is, or maybe Lamelo. but I wasn't too big on Lamelo pre-draft. Like, I had him in the top, but I wasn't like, I didn't have a number one at Ant number one. So, yeah, I, I think Suggs is right there, right after Mobley as, like, the fourth or fifth best guy, depending on how you feel about Green or Ant. Yeah, this this makes for an interesting conversation. We won't dive too deep into it. We will get back to the Raptors, but like for me, it's like Zion, Cade, the guys in that top tier, and then Mobley and Jaw were in that second tier, um, and then it would be like I had Lamelo, uh, like Jalen Green, and like Devin Vassell would sort of be like, or like Alexei Pokusevsky would be. So I, I could see that argument. The past two drafts have been kind of weird. Um, yeah, so so I, I like that a little bit, but there's another guy who's been mentioned a little bit to the to the Toronto Raptors. Um, I, I he's someone who I'm also lower on, so this is going to be interesting. But that guy is Scotty Barnes. Goose, how do you feel about Scotty Barnes? And like, do you like his fit here in Toronto? I I, I love Scotty Barnes, but I don't love him in Toronto. <laughs> that's that's my take on it. Is that it, I just. First of all, I tend to enjoy like perimeter defenders, but, and especially like kind of chaotic ones like Scotty, uh, his whole energy is just really infectious and I think really fun. But 
I would be uh, pretty disappointed if they took him at four, just because I think the offense is not good enough, specifically, especially within the Raptors context, where uh, they really need a guy who can uh, do things in the half court. Now, I know you don't think Suggs can do that, but I think we can both agree he can do it better than Scotty can. <laughs> and uh, defensively, it would be really cool. But I think offensively, it's just so tough to fit Scotty with Pascal and OG. It's just, I don't, I don't know how they would figure it out. And it'd require a lot of scheme stuff. And then I just don't know how it works, really. I mean, yeah, I, if there is a coach that could figure it out, I think it's Nick Nurt. But um, you are correct. I think to have OG and Scotty on the floor together makes it really interesting. And, and, and Siakam as well. Like defensively, that's awesome. But offensively, Scotty is hard to hard to fit into different contexts because um, he, he, he's hard to build around because he can't shoot. Um, and when you're a wing who can't shoot, it's tough to put players around you to have you reach your like optimal success um or or to get the whole team optimal success um so in that sense it's difficult and i think the other thing with scotty is he's more of a connector piece than he is an initiator and i think that's something people uh maybe more mainstream people often kind of blur the lines of scotty is not somebody who's going to really initiate any sort of offense he's going to be more of that connecting piece um, especially more so than than Suggs like you mentioned um <clears throat> so I think he is probably better off somewhere else uh, other than Toronto yeah and my worries with Scotty are, are exactly what Goose mentioned where I just I I don't know what he is as a half court player in general like Stoneman you mentioned the shooting I feel like he can't score at all um yeah that's fair and, and like it's hard it's just it's just hard to make guys like that fit and it's possible and scotty has a lot of talent it's it's just like it's 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 a hard fit and i think that i also think he gets a like a lit they like just a little bit overrated defensively he is an excellent 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 on-ball defender with some off-ball chops but his off-ball impact is really limited by the fact that he can't really jump um and, and I don't know if that's something the NBA can fix. Like, I'm not I'm not enough into biomechanics. Like, I know, like, generally the NBA can fix flexibility or, like, like with, with Patrick Williams, they've already started balancing that lower body out a little more. I don't know if that's what the problem is with, with Scotty Barnes. Like, it kind of feels like he just, like, doesn't know how to jump. When you look at it, it's like, like, he clearly looks like there's some athleticism there, and it's just he doesn't know how to do it in game. He doesn't get off the ground very well. And, and when he's sort of affecting shots at the rim in college, I feel like in the NBA, when that's a more athletic finisher, he's just not going to be there. Um, he, he's just a lot of his off ball impact is sort of limited by his lack of athleticism. I think um, Scotty's a very, very smart player. And as a pure bet on IQ, I get it, but I don't really get him this high. Uh, Goose, if, if you have any thoughts on that, I, I would love to hear it. Uh, I will. I will say that. Uh, you guys are giving Nick Nurse a bit too much credit, <laughs> uh, especially uh, offensively. Like, he's, a, I don't think Nurse is a particularly good offensive coach, which is why I think someone that would present as many 
fit issues there as Scotty would be uh, would be tough to work, I think, especially in the short term. I feel like long term, you might be able to figure something out. But yeah, short term, it would be tough. And uh, but what do you guys think of uh, Scotty's like, like touch around the rim? Because I think it's kind of good. I would disagree there. I would I don't, I, oh, go ahead. The general, the general indicators that I you typically would use to sort of like sort out shooting projections just aren't really there for like you might have okay touch like close to the rim but like any sort of floater is not there um he does that really weird like push shot in the it's not even really a floater he just like pushes it when he's sort of in the mid-range um and then you know obviously there's nothing in terms of free throw and and three-point percentage um so that's concerning he's everything mechanically like looks fine with him like there's nothing wrong with that but every, all the other indicators for me just aren't there or enough for me to buy him being serviceable at this point you think yeah. he could like oh, uh sorry uh you think you could like post up a small guy like like say if you're playing the sixers and they put seth on him uh seth curry uh you think you think uh they could is that a mismatch that a team could exploit I would say no, but I also think touches in the in the post are generally just like not if even on mismatches like I like I think even if they send a double there he'll be good at passing out of a double but like post ups are just weird plays. Um, I I think the touch is okay. I he's actually I feel like his touch is better when he's moving. Like I think he has an okay feel for floaters. It's just he's not like. Like, even if the touch is good, he's just not very athletic. Like, he's not getting up high enough to really, like... Like, I, I worry if you when, you when you stand a seven-footer in the paint, he's really going to struggle with that finishing. Um, if, yeah. he, if he can, you know, say he's playing with Fred Van Vliet and the big steps out and he gets to move on a short roll, I think he'll finish that just fine. But when he's, like... When he's in a situation where he's either stagnant or has to create his own leverage it's it's like he just struggles just in general like like my biggest issue with Jalen Suggs and Scotty Barnes both offensively is they just they're not good advantage creators and, and guys drafted this high I want to be good advantage creators like even Evan Mobley like who's a big is like really really good at creating advantages and exploiting them as a passer as sometimes a post-up player as as a isolation player from the wing like whatever it may be like he is a he's a solid advantage creator for his position i don't think scotty does that very well um and, and that's sort of my big worry i think he's a good transition player not a great transition player because he's kind of slow i think he's a really good defender not a great defensive prospect because he's not super athletic and the offense is such a question for me that's not a player I'd touch really in the top 10, much less the top five in, in a pretty solid draft like this. So, so to me, like Scotty is, is like almost the worst case scenario here for the Raptors, because I think one, it signals that you have to move on from probably Pascal. I mean, I don't think you can keep Pascal Siakam and have Scotty Barnes on the roster, unless you're just betting on Scotty being a five which I think is going to be a disaster defensively. He's just not a good enough rim protector. Or, like, you're going to try and hold on to Pascal, and it's just it's just like a weird... If you if they take Scotty, to me, it's sort of like... That's sort of like a nightmare scenario for the Raptors, in my opinion. 
I think, yeah, I, I, I agree that it's probably the worst possible pick they could make there. It's either Scotty or maybe there's an argument for Kaminga. But of the realistic people that they'd be drafting there, I, th- I feel like Scotty would be the worst case scenario. What, um, so I know it's like, it's pretty much impossible at this point to kind of um, figure out what you think the Raptors are going to do in terms of their future. But what do you think is the best course of action for them? Do you think um, re-signing Lowry and trying to keep uh, like a winning core there? Or do you think they should um, kind of blow it up and trade Siakam, let Lowry rock and uh, try and get as many of these young guys as they can? Um, or do you think they should sort of just play this middle ground where they have Siakam, they have the fourth pick and, and let that ride out? What, what direction do you think is best for the, for the Raptors moving forward? I think for now I'd go with the middle ground one. And that's the nice thing about uh, moving up and getting the fourth pick is it makes that more viable than it would have been at like seven or whatever, because you get a pretty good prospect and you get a year to just kind of see where these guys are at when they're not stuck in Florida somewhere. So uh, you can kind of see like how good the team is and then you can make a decision from there. Uh, Lowry is very important. Not sure what happens there because a lot of the choices on Kyle or where he wants to be, I think, unless he goes to like the Knicks or the Mavericks, the Raptors will end up with something back. So it's not a total disaster there. But right now, I'm the assumption that he's like 70% gone. But I think the Raptors would be okay just uh, having a season of just trying to put a decent team out there and seeing where each player is at and then making a decision there on whether you want to trade Pascal or trade Fred or try and rebuild around number four or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, And we've talked a bit about who they could be taking at number four, uh, but they also have two second round picks back to back in 46 and 47. Um, Are there any guys sort of in that range that you, you like for the Raptors any second round bets that uh, you'd be willing to take there? I'd love to get BJ Boston just because I feel like he's a kind of uh, at this point, he's more of like a project wing, but like, He's the kind of player that the uh, the Raptors can really help develop. And I think the upside at like 46 or whatever is it's hard to turn down. Yeah, I, I this is one of the places where I'd want someone like BJ to go. Um, there's been some buzz that he might be a first rounder again. I think that's uh, that's some agent like giving Chad Ford some uh, so, so, something to tell the people. But uh, that's a really good fit there. Um, couple names i wanted to bring up who i just think could maybe be like a different look are are a couple shooters um and that's joe wieskamp and sam hauser uh maybe even isaiah todd if he falls this far um i think those are guys who just sort of like like the raptors could really use some some good spacing i feel like that they wanted that to be matt thomas but matt thomas was such a horrendous decision maker that it didn't really work out um like i think like Wieskamp camp could maybe do that hauser could maybe do that or even something like a quentin grimes like there's some bets in this draft at sort of those back-end shooters uh do you think that's something that that should that would make some sense for them is just to get like a wing shooter 
Yeah, uh, Hauser and Weiskamp are good ones. Uh, I have those guys on my list too. Because you could, they could use a lot more space. But I think one of the problems is that the Raptors don't really have any rim pressure. So you have these guys that are just like stationary shooters on the bench, like uh, Utah Watanabe or whatever. And uh, they don't have the initial rim pressure to try and get them good shots. So which is why, which is why the half court offense has been kind of stagnant the last two seasons is because all the rim pressure has been coming from like old Kyle Lowry and <laughs> Siakam at some time. So it's been a pretty inconsistent thing. So the two things I'd be looking for would be like rim pressure of some sort, shooting, and some size because uh, I think the Raptors are probably on the smaller side, especially in the backcourt. Like maybe even like a combo guard like uh, Austin Reeves, if you believe in the shot, I think he could be a good fit just off the bench as a guy who can make shots or just be uh, dynamic with the ball in his hands and just kind of be a handler. Yeah, I, I like Austin Reeves quite a bit too. He's um... He's a solid bet here. Um, there's just some interesting names, and they're just sort of at a weird spot. You mentioned rim pressure. So I'm kind of looking through, like, who are the best guys who I think could generate some rim pressure? I think BJ Boston has a shot to do that, um, like an Aaron Henry maybe. If you think Chris Smith is healthy, Chris Smith gets to the rim a lot. Um, Dacian Nix. Maybe Dacian Nix, yeah. I'm a little lower on him, but as, as purely a bet to just kind of get to the rim, uh, that could work. Javion Hamlet gets to the rim a lot. He's sort of a, an interesting name. Um, I wish they had another first because I am a huge Sharif Cooper fan, and that would be really fun. That's No, that's actually a really good um, transition. Is, is Do you think there's any, like, trades that make some sense here for the Raptors, whether it be packaging these two picks at a player? Uh, just, like, just throw some trades out and, and, and what you think, like, the idea behind them might be. Well... The first thing that I would try to do is just move up for Mobley <laughs> just because I think Mobley is really special as a prospect. And I think moving up one spot shouldn't be so hard, assuming that green goes number two, where they should be able to put up a solid package uh, to make the caps turn them down. So that's the first thing I would do. But if that doesn't happen, I'm not really into the idea of trading down from four, but that's because I like slugs. I think you could maybe trade your two seconds and like Chris Boucher or something and move up. If you're trying to look for like a really specific player that you like, maybe late first or yeah, somewhere in the twenties. So maybe if you really like uh, Sharif Cooper or a uh, JT Thor, maybe even Kai Jones, like you guys said, and try and get that guy somewhere deeper in the first, but they have a lot of options here. What, yeah, I've, oh, go ahead, Stone. I was just going to ask, um, what do you think a trade-up scenario looks like to move up from four to number three? Like, is it a, a feature first? Is it um, Mal- Malachi Flynn? What do you think uh, uh, that would look like? And then what would be, like, the maximum that you'd be willing to pay up for that? I feel like, realistically, it'd be, like, uh, like a, a future first and then another first and then maybe like a young player like Flynn or I think Flynn is the only young player they can trade actually unless you count Boucher as a young player or maybe you can take back some bad salary like Kevin Love or whatever but I don't think the Cavs would be too into dumping Love just to uh, trade down but that could be part of it 
but the most I would give up is, I don't know, I'd be willing to get Fred Van Vliet in there, even though that's not really realistic in terms of his, his like historical trade-ups. It's like, they usually don't cost that much, but I'm just really high on Mobley. So I'm willing to get a little crazy with it. As you should. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, to me, like more than more than anyone in this draft, like Moby Mobley makes this team make sense a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to immediately translate to like this is a playoff team, but he can give them a, a little bit of an offensive identity, being maybe like a like an elbow post hub, trying to get them going as a scorer a little bit, and then defensively, like he's so versatile that he's exactly what this team needs. So. If you can go, I would say try and even get to the second pick. I think that might be more realistic. I think the Rockets might be more in in like asset allocation mode than specific talent allocation. And if they think, you know, there's been some smoke that they like Suggs. So if you can move up to two and take really Mobley or Green, like I'm way high on Mobley compared to Green. But even if you can get Green on this team too, like I just think, I just think after three, you know, for me, I have Kai Jones, but he's not realistic this high. Like after three, I think the talent really starts to fall off. Like I don't have Suggs close to, to Green or Mobley. Um, so so I think if you can get one of those two on this team, they they make a huge difference compared to who's going to be there at four. Yeah, uh, I would agree with Mobley. Uh, I wouldn't really want to move up for Green, though, because – I don't think he's like a better prospect than Suggs or even really a better fit. So I, I'd be I'd be okay with just keeping the assets and going with Suggs there, but Mobley and just all out, you can have anything you want. You know? Yeah, no, I I, I yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, you could maybe like do like Ananobi for both these picks and and another one for for both the second round picks, I mean, and and like a future first for the second pick. Like if you can make that work, like uh, I think you, I think you got to try because, uh, yeah, I, I just think like Mobley is a really special talent and really belongs here. Um, Stone, was there anything else Raptors related you wanted to hit on uh, before we get out of here? Um, I think that was it. Uh, just I'm bummed that Jalen Harris won't be playing this season. Um, all the best for him. Uh, really like him and Malachi Flynn a lot more than other people, but uh yeah, it's a fun team. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I actually, I actually thought of something like uh, Goose. What do you think of uh, Gary Trent Jr. Because I, he's been very divisive from what I've heard. And have, you, have you seen the Twitter war over Gary Trent Jr.? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's that's why I had to bring that up. Because I, so not a Raptors fan, uh, but the closest team to me is the Blazers, and I could watch a good amount of their games. Um, so I, I thought Gary, I think Gary Trent Jr. is like a generally good basketball player. Like he's a really good shooter and and he plays okay defense. Like, I don't know if that's sort of a somewhat scalable player. And, and it just seems like there's like this culture war uh, going on about Gary Trent Jr. So I kind of wanted to get your take. Uh, if it's, it, it, you know, if it's going to get you crucified on Twitter, I, I guess you don't have to, but I, I, I am very interested. I'll, I'll give you my uh, basketball take on Gary Trent Jr., but I'm going to butt out of the culture war part. <laughs> uh, I think Trent is solid. Like, I'm not really – I don't think the defense is good, but, like, it's okay. Like, at his bare bones, he's, like, a 
good shooter that won't tank a lineup defensively, right? So those are valuable. Uh, he can be a little bit more consistent with shooting. Uh, he's actually a lot. I use Trent as like a comp for Moses Moody for this draft. It's because he's kind of similar in his limitations, but he doesn't have the passing part that Moody does. So instead of like being chased off the line and then like taking like a, like a little pull-up, which is fine, mostly he'll take a bad pull-up and then he won't pass the ball again. So that's just what I want to see from him is just learning to play more within a team offense and maybe getting more threes and getting something at the rim. Like he has a pretty weird looking floater game. Like he throws up these most awkward shots. Uh, he doesn't really get to the rim at all or get fouled. So as a shooter that doesn't tank a defense, I think he's fine. And like, I think they should pay him accordingly to that. Like, I don't know, like whatever, like Luke Kennard money is, but like uh, some people see him as a guy with like star potential or whatever. And I just, I just don't see that. I just see him as being like a, a guy that you're happy to have in your rotation. That's kind of it. Yeah, I, I think you you and I feel them very similarly. Um, I you know I think some of the hate comes from like he came to the team mid season when they were already like in full fade for Cade mode. Like I, I don't know. I feel like it's almost because like he was at in, in Portland. There were times he was asked to be like the second scorer on the floor because Portland for his for his breakout year and then the first half of this year were so debilitated by injuries constantly that there was like. Just give the ball to Gary and, and let him take a two triple pull up from 21 feet. Like, just like it's, it's offense. It's a shot, you know, it's, and like, he kind of had to come over and be a little in a different role. You didn't really get to adjust. I actually think the defense can be pretty good. And if you go back and watch um, that series that like him in the bubble on defense was really impressive. Um, and I know like people point to the bubble as like sort of, anomalous but i don't know like defense I, I don't think the bubble had that much of an effect on defense it was just when he had to step it up he did and i feel like he probably felt like he didn't really need to step it up in toronto because uh or i should say in tampa because uh they did not care they wanted to be bad towards the end of the season which behooved them because chasing that play in you know was was worthless and uh, and they were rewarded with the fourth pick for it so you know, by all means. Um, but this has been awesome. Uh, Goose, if you have any final thoughts, feel feel free to say them. Uh, if not, then then just let the people know where they can find you. This has been awesome. Uh, you're a great follow on Twitter, a great guy. So just, just let the people know. Yeah, uh, I just like to tweet about all random parts of basketball. So if you like what I'm saying, I suppose, or you want to argue about Jalen Suggs with me, uh, you can uh, follow me at Hoop Goose on Twitter. And yeah, that's kind of it. Yes, awesome. uh, we appreciate having you on. Um, it's been a lot of fun. The Raptors are a fun team. Um, like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of directions they could go. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime you're seriously like, if you want to come on after the draft and talk about what your team did, you're, you're more than welcome to because uh, it's an open door policy for all our guests. Um, Stone, do you want to let people know where they can find you and what they got to do? Yeah, uh, you could just follow me at report underscore court. Um, all of my draft work is there. 
and if you want to follow the podcast at Upside Swings on Twitter, um, and then any ratings, reviews, and, and subscriptions are much appreciated to help us grow our base a bit. Yeah, uh, this has been great. Again, uh, Hoops Goose, just seriously great guy. Um, one of the the sane members, or generally sane members of Raptors Twitter. Uh, it's it's uh, hard to find out. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, he was great. We want to thank him again for coming on, and we want to thank all you guys for listening. This has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. <laughs>